to the South Cliff Podcast. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Senior Pastor Dr. Carol Marr with this week's sermon. Well, welcome to 2022. Good new year for us, a good opportunity. And I'm kind of excited because today I began a new series of messages I've really been working on and praying through and kind of processing for several months now. But uh, the title of the series of messages that uh, we're going to look at over the next few weeks together is what I'm calling Victory, Our New Normal. Now, we've heard a lot about new normal over the last year and a half or almost two years of dealing with a pandemic and the idea of what will our new normal look like. Well, I want to remind you that as a child of God, if you've accepted Jesus, if you're a follower of Christ, um, God has given you a new life. And with that new life comes a new normal that can be described as victory. Now, the tragedy is, most of us are not walking in the victory that God's provided for us. And, and we've even learned to make excuse for it, haven't we? we? We somehow come to a place where we believe that the victory, the, you know, the excitement of living our Christian life is reserved for just a, a spiritual elite. It's reserved for, for a group of people that, that know God in a way that I could never know him. And, and I just settle down to the fact that I will never experience that kind of victory in my life. But what I want you to understand is that God's desire is that every one of us would walk in a new normal. And that normal is victory. That we would experience victory Every day, not just every now and then, but every day in our life. In fact, Jesus came and said, I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. He's come to give us abundant life, victorious life, life that is full and worth living. And I honestly believe that if you pay attention, you listen, you allow God's Holy Spirit to speak to you, you pray with me right now as we begin this year, that God open my heart to what we're going to learn together over the next few weeks, that it could be transforming, that this discovery that we make together, this truth that can be embraced will bring you to a place where you can know God as you have never known him before, that you can literally walk with God in an intimate relationship where you can hear his voice, where you can pray and know that he hears, that you can watch and chronicle answered prayer, that you can live in his strength. So let's get started. Now to do that, I want to spend some time in the book of Joshua in the Old Testament. So if you have your Bible, open it up right now, if you will, to the book of Joshua. And best way to find Joshua is go to the book of Genesis and turn right. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, and you're going to find it tucked away in the beginnings of the Bible. And in this book, it really chronicles the, the story of God's 
work in the nation of Israel after he has delivered them from bondage in Egypt and he brings them now <clears throat> into the promised land. And it gives us a pattern that we can follow so that we can experience victory as described in their life. Now, to kind of help set the stage for this, it would be helpful to recognize that the Christian life can be divided into two stages. The first stage we could call the Red Sea stage, where God delivers the nation of Israel out of bondage in Egypt. They cross the Red Sea as God parts the water. The second stage we could call the Jordan River because as the nation of Israel enters into the promised land, God once again parts the waters of the Jordan and they walk across on dry ground. So we've got the Red Sea stage and we've got the Jordan River stage and there's a wilderness stuck in the middle. And I really believe that that describes the stages of the Christian life. For you to understand that, that the Red Sea for Israel is what the cross is for us. The Red Sea was symbolic of God's deliverance of the nation of Israel, of his redemption. He has redeemed us, set us free from the bondage of Egypt. And the nation of Israel looks back through the celebration of the Passover to that moment of God's salvation, just like we look back over our shoulder at the cross and celebrate the Lord's Supper together. Now, the second stage is the Jordan River stage. And that's the stage that, that, that recognizes the opportunity now that we have been saved we now can enter into the fullness of all God has for us. Now, it's important for us to understand the promised land is never seen as a symbol of heaven in the Bible. Now, a lot of old hymns that we sing and songs that we sing in church symbolize the promised land as heaven in the sweet by and by. We'll refer to it as Beulah land or Cana land. And some of those songs refer to the promised land as if it is heaven. The promised land was never to be seen as a symbol of heaven because in the promised land, there are enemies that live there. There's battles that are fought. There are no enemies in heaven. There's no battles to be fought in heaven. So the promised land is never seen as heaven. The promised land is always seen as now that I have been saved, redeemed from God out of the bondage of sin, I now can walk into the fullness of all God has for me. Because when God led the nation of Israel out of bondage, he led them into the promised land. In fact, the Bible even says in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 23, he brought us out from there, talking about Egypt, in order to bring us in to give us the land that he swore to our fathers. So what God says is, I led you out of Egypt in order to lead you in to the promised land. He brought us out to bring us in 
And I think God has brought us out of the bondage of sin to bring us into the fullness of the victory that he has for us. So the question is, how do we, how do we get there? How do we experience that victory? How do we walk in that fullness? Well, I want to begin as we look at this story in chapter 1 of Joshua. And we're going to discover three things about this victorious life that God calls us to. So if you have your Bible, turn with me to Joshua chapter 1. And let's read down through the first um, nine verses together. Now, it came about after the death of Moses the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I have given to them, to the sons of Israel. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. From the wilderness of this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun will be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous. For you shall give this people possession of a land which I swore to the fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all that the law, the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left, so that you may have success in whatever you do or wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now this is the beginning of an incredible journey. A journey that you and I can take together to walk into the same kind of victory that Joshua will lead the nation of Israel into. But the question for us is, how do I experience that victory? If God wants me to be victorious, and, and, and I think about walking into a brand new year before me and, and to walk into that year in victory, how does that happen? Well, I believe there's a pattern that emerges as we look at how God deals with Joshua and the nation of Israel as he brings them into the land of promise. Now, there are three things that I want to focus on in our time together today. First of all, I want you to recognize that the first step that we have to take is to recognize that this victory that God has for us is the goal. God's goal for your life is victory. You see, we sometimes think heaven is the victory. Heaven is the goal. We are saved. God leads us into a family relationship with him so our sin can be forgiven so that we can live forever with him in heaven. I want to tell you something. Heaven's not the goal. If heaven were the goal, then God would kill you when you're saved, right? Right? 
If all he's interested in is getting you to heaven, then as soon as I accept Jesus as my Savior, well, take me home. It's done. The, the whole goal has been accomplished. You have led me into a relationship with you. I have heaven as my home, and now I can die and go to heaven. And if you think heaven is the goal, well, it sets us up for kind of a miserable life. I mean, a lot of times we even begin to think, I can't wait to go to heaven because life is so horrible here. One day, we're going to get to go to heaven. And we endure the misery that we have here in order that one day we can go to heaven. Listen, heaven is not the goal. Heaven's just the cherry on top. The goal is for us to experience victory in the here and now. The goal is for us to experience the abundance. I, I said this earlier, I was thinking about this earlier this morning, and, and it's still kind of half-baked, so I'm going to throw it out there, and, and we may have to revise it along the way. But it just dawned on me this morning that everything you and I will praise God for in heaven, we learn about him on earth. If we spend eternity praising him for his love, where do we learn about his love? Well, he loved us while we were yet sinners. If we're going to praise God for his attributes of mercy, how are we learned? Because, because he's shown us mercy here. He's shown us grace here. Everything that we're going to rejoice and praise God for in heaven are, are, are lessons that we've learned about him here. God wants us to experience life in a way that many of us have never experienced it because victory is the goal. That's the reason he left us here. When you were saved, he chose to leave you here. He brought us out of our sin and bondage to sin to bring us into the fullness of a life that he has for us. We see that in the story before us. What is it that he brings us into? What is that life of victory? Well, as we look at the, 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 the encounter that Joshua has with God in the very beginning of his journey, it, it is the promise of God that he brings us into his promises, and his promises are definite, aren't they? He promises his presence. I will be with you in whatever you do. I want you to experience my presence. I want you to know me personally, and I want you to know that I know you personally. I want you to be intimately acquainted with me, and I want you to know that I am intimately acquainted with every detail of your life. And I promise to be with you. And the challenges that you face and the heartache and the difficulty that you encounter, I'm going to be there. So what does he say to Joshua? You're going to walk into the fullness of what I have for you. And here is a snapshot of that fullness. I'm going to be with you, Joshua. And there is the promise of my presence. Not only is there the promise of his presence, there's also the, the, the promise really of his power. No man shall stand before you all the days of your life. Joshua, you're going to get to live this life in my power. There's not anything that you will encounter that is bigger than me. There is nothing that you will face in life that is greater than my strength. No man will be able to stand against you. You walk in me, you're going to see amazing things. I will be with you. I will provide power for you. I have a purpose for your life. 
Listen, the victory that God has for us is in his presence, the promise of his presence, the promise of his power, the promise of his purpose. You see, we get confused about what victory is. We sometimes think victory is stuff. The more stuff we have, the more victorious we are. But we look around, we would begin to recognize that that's not true because some people in this world who have a bunch of stuff are not living victorious lives. No, the, the, the real victory is in the promises of God, like, like this one, where God promises to give us a peace that will pass our own understanding, that will guard our heart and mind and soul in Christ Jesus. He said, you know what? I, I'm gonna allow you to live in this world in, in a broken, fallen, miserable world with a peace that doesn't make sense. I'm gonna give you the ability to live in the face of hardship with peace. I'm gonna give you, you remember what Jesus said to the disciples? My peace I give to you. You're going to be able to walk in peace. Not only that, what does the Bible talk about with regard to the, the, the victory that we have? It, it, it's not just peace, but he also can give us joy unspeakable. The ability to have joy that is deeper than happiness, that, that's not controlled by the stuff that I own or the stuff that happens to me. I am still able, no matter what happens this year, to face it joyfully and to wake up every day excited about the opportunities of the day, filled with joy, filled with peace, filled with his power and presence. The one that we looked at last time we were together, the promise that we are more than conquerors through Christ who strengthens us. You remember last week I told you that to be more than conqueror, to be a conqueror means that I win. To be more than a conqueror means that I do more than win. How do I do more than win? Well, that means that, that as a conqueror, I not only win the battle, but I control everything that used to belong to the enemy. In, in other words, any encounter that I have in life makes me better. You know what God promises? That no matter what happens to you, no matter what you face in life, you're going to be better for it. You know, I've discovered the older we get, we either get better or bitter. Have you noticed that? Old people are either better or bitter. And I've met some people that are just bitter and angry with life. But then I've met some people who have this amazing victory, who recognize that, that, that being old is a gift, that there's joy in life. And they're able to take, and, it, and it's not connected to the stuff they have or the stuff that has happened to them. They have the ability to have a joy and a peace that comes from the presence of God and the power of God in our life. And, and they are more than conquerors as they are better. And what I realize is sometimes we think that victory is that God takes us out of the problems that we have and that there are no problems and no difficulties and that real victory and, and, and that's why sometimes we struggle is because if, there, if I was going to live a victorious life that means I have no problems that means I have no problems, no pain no heartache, no sickness, everything's good I've got more than enough money more than enough health, more than enough of everything in life but, but friend I want you to understand that's not victory victory is 
is when God comes to us in the middle of those problems. And in spite of those difficulties, he gives us peace and he gives us power and he gives us his presence and he gives us his purpose. What we recognize is that victory is the goal. God wants you to be victorious every day. He wants you to be victorious over every challenge you face. Now, the second thing that we notice in this beginning of the journey is that victory is not just a goal, it's a gift. Now, we don't have to hang out here very long. It's just imperative that you understand this. It's imperative that you understand that God has already won the battle. So victory's ours. We don't have to win the battle. The battle's already won. We, we just have to receive it. Victory is a gift. Look at what he says to Joshua. Everywhere you step, everywhere your foot treads, I've already given it to you. The land's yours. The, 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 the promised land belongs to you. Now, now, what's interesting is there's still battles to be fought. There's still an enemy that lives there. But it's imperative before we fight the battle to understand that the victory's already ours. So that even in the fighting of the battle, there's an understanding that we've won. So there's no discouragement. There's no depression. There's no despondency. We know how it ends. We know that we win. Victory is a gift. And this is absolutely critical to walking in victory. You've got to know that it's been given to you. God gave the battle to Joshua, even though he has to, to fight it, even though he has to go into it. The key is that he knows before it ever begins, he's won. You see, the key for you having a good year is for you to understand that 2022 has already been established as the best year of your life. This is, all, this is the best year you've ever had. It's already there. We just got to walk in it. God has things to do and show you this year that you've never known and never understood. And we walk into it in victory, not, not wondering, well, wait a minute, there's so many unknowns. There's unknowns everywhere. But we belong to a God who knows everything. Pandemic doesn't change anything. Every day is a day filled with unknowns but controlled by a God who does know and is in control. What difference will it make if you realize this is going to be the best year you've ever had? And you know that going into it. You don't get to come to the end of the year and look back and determine if it's going to be the best yet. You and I get to look to the horizon and say, I know this is going to be the best year I've ever had before the ever the, the year ever begins, this is going to be a year of victory for me in every area of my life. Some of the challenges that I've struggled with all my life, you know what? This year is going to be the year that, 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 that I find victory over those. 
the challenges that, that I have accepted as a part of my life and, and, and somehow accepted that I'm never going to be over, able to overcome, this is the year that I get to overcome that. This is the year that I get to walk in the abundance that God has provided for me. This is the year that I get to walk across the Jordan and put my trust in him. Now, that's all we need to say about that, though it is critical that you understand and believe that. You've got to know that the victory God has for you has already been bought and paid for in the blood of Christ. It's already yours. Just like the promised land belonged to the nation of Israel, God said, it is yours. You've got to understand it's yours or you're never going to walk into it. You're never going to embrace it. You're never going to experience it. So understand how critical it is to recognize that, that the abundant life I'm talking about is already yours. The victory that God wants you to experience is already yours. But then the third thing, and it sets us up for it, the third thing that we discover as we enter into this journey with Joshua is that the victory that God has for us must be received. Now, that almost sounds like a contradiction, doesn't it? If it's a gift, then why do I have to do something? Why do I have to receive it? Well, gifts are received, right? Um, and there's a battle that has to be fought, which almost seems counter to the gift that God offers. I, I, I thought if it was a gift, there would be no enemies. I thought if it were a gift, it would be easy. But let me help you understand, the word victory carries with it the idea of struggle, right? I mean, if you are victorious, doesn't that mean you've overcome something? Or it wouldn't be really your victory. The idea of victory means that you're fighting, means there's a battle, that means there's, there's something going on that you have overcome. If... if if God made life easy for you, it would be like a victory that is attained by a forfeit, right? We've watched the playoffs for the national championship for the college football over the weekend. And with COVID impacting some teams unable to make their bowl appearance because of the spread of COVID among team members or, or coaches. Um, the college association had to come together, and athletic association had to come together and say, what are we going to do if, if one of these teams that are in the semifinals ends up with COVID? And they made the decision. I thought it was kind of interesting. They made this decision. They said, if any one of those four teams has to forfeit because of COVID, the other team will automatically be declared a winner. And then I had to think to myself, what would that be like if you got to go to the national championship because of a forfeit? You know, it's kind of hard to get excited about that, isn't it, as a fan? Oh man, we're going to the national, but, but don't you think that those players would have in the back of their mind, but, but I wonder if we really are legit. 
I wonder if we really would be here if, if, if we did play. I wonder if we really had played that game if we would have won. And it somehow robs us of victory, doesn't it? Have you ever been on a sports team that forfeited? We won. I remember when I was playing Little League, you know, we, we, we traveled all the way to another town and we got there and we're warming up and we're ready and everybody's ready, but the other team is panicked because there's not enough players show up. And all of a sudden, the, at the beginning of the game, they did not have enough players to play the game and they had to come out and say, we forfeit. And even though we won, we weren't really happy about that because we didn't get to play the game. Man, it was, it was, it, it's the game, it's the winning of the game that really brings the victory, right? That's where the excitement is. That's where, where, where the joy is. And, and do you understand that many of us, we want the victory without the battle. We want the victory without the fight. We want the victory. And what I want you to understand is that the victory is actually made sweet in the battle. When mountain climbers get to the top of a mountain, they don't just spend the rest of their life talking about how beautiful the view is. They spend the rest of their life talking about the climb and the challenge and the difficulty that they overcame. The highlights that we show of every football game are not when they're standing there holding the trophy. We show the highlights of those plays that made an impact, the struggle and the hardship and the difficulty that we overcome. Don't you understand? God doesn't remove the enemy. He comes to us in the middle of it. God says, listen, let me show you what victory looks like. Victory is when my children live in a broken, fallen, sinful world. And I, I raise them above it. Victory is when Satan tries to take you out. And the very thing he uses to take you out, I use to make you better and stronger and I use the very thing that Satan tried to use to destroy you to bring you closer into fellowship with me oh listen that's real victory it's a gift but it has to be received so so how do I how do I gain that how do I receive this victory well as we begin our journey let me just show you in the text before us he gives us a hint victory comes first of all there are three steps it comes by faith Joshua I promise you I'm gonna be but Joshua had to accept that by faith he's gonna have to fight some battles but he's gonna have to remember God said he was gonna be with me there are gonna be times when it doesn't look like he is there are going to be times when I wonder and I question, but the thing that sustains me is the faith and confidence that I have in him. It shouldn't surprise us that the Bible tells us that this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. That we walk into this year confident that God's in control, that he's already been to the end of the year. That he wants me to live an abundant life of victory. That he doesn't want me to live under the circumstances but above them. He doesn't want me to live a slave to my sin but to overcome them. And my confident faith is in him. Not my ability but in him. 
what that looks like is this. God, this year I'm going to thank you for every problem I have. Because I'm going to be victorious in every one of them. You're going to bring me through it. This problem's going to make me better. This problem's going to let me see things about you that I never would have seen to know your power in a way I never would have known it. God, thanks for the problems that you've given kind of reminds me of thanks for the thorns that we talked about some time ago around Thanksgiving. God, thank you that I can live courageous. Thank you that every temptation that I face this year has already been defeated. And I don't have to be a slave to sin. The things that I have fought all my life and failed, I can stand against today in your power and in your grace. And I thank you for that. Thank you for the peace and the power and your presence that helps me overcome my faith. We enter into the victory by faith, but we also enter it by following. God said to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law. Don't you turn to the right or to the left so that you may be successful in what you do. Josh, you follow me and you'll overcome. How can I be victorious? You got to follow God. What that means is that we got to spend time in his word. There's no substitute for following God. There's no substitute for prayer. Listen, you and I need to understand something. We're at war. We have an enemy. God has called us to victory, but the very fact that he is offering us victory means that we have an enemy that wants to take us out. And some of us are saying, well, I, don't, I just don't have time to pray. You don't have time not to pray. I don't have time for his word. You don't have time not <laughs> to be in the word. You've got to be there in order to survive. It is in following God through his word and through prayer and through obedience to what he tells us that I'm able to find success in where whatever I do or as God said to Joshua, wherever you go, there's success. If you follow me, I've given you my word. I've given you a plan to follow. When you walk in obedience to my command, when you do what I tell you to do, it will bring about victory in your life, which means that when we disobey, when we walk our own way as opposed to his, we're going to set ourselves up for failure. Victory comes by faith. God, thank you for it. It comes by following. But here's the final one. It comes by fighting. We have an enemy. Life is hard, so just accept it. Quit feeling sorry for yourself because life's hard. It's difficult and it's hard, but there's where we find victory. If it wasn't hard, we wouldn't be victorious. You know what's interesting? When God led the nation of Israel out of bondage in Egypt, he doesn't bring them directly to the promised land. He, uh, there's a direct route to the promised land, but God didn't bring them there. He brings them through a long wandering experience before they ever get there. And, and you, do you know the Bible even tells us why he does that? The Bible says in, in the book of Exodus, it says that he did not take them the shortest route because they would see war and it would change their mind and they would go back to Egypt. 
God says, the reason I didn't, once I saved you, bring you immediately into the fullness of all that I have for you is because once you figure out that it's going to be hard, you'll want to go back to the old way of life. God had to prepare them. I think God's been preparing many of you for a long time. And it's time that we in this preparation begin to understand that victory comes through a battle. But you know what I've discovered? At the end of the day, when we are bloody and bruised and beat up and tired, but victorious. At the end of the day, when we're bloody and bruised and beat up, but victorious, life's worth living. It's going to be a fight. But we know God in the living of life. You don't know God because you go to Sunday school. You don't know God because you go to seminary. You know God through the living of life and the painful experiences and the heartache that we encounter because it's in those battles that we are led to victory because we've learned to put our faith and confidence in him, to trust him. We have learned to follow him even when it doesn't make sense. And we've learned that it might mean that I have to fight. But the goal that God has for me is that I be victorious here and now, not heaven and the by and by. That's a given. God wants me to have victory now. It's a gift he's already given. But it's ours to receive by faith and by following and by fight. And over the next few weeks, we're going to make some discoveries that will help us embrace the reality of that truth so that we can be what God wants us to be and live even in this world with the victory that he's provided. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the message you have given us today. This is so critical. Some of us are so sick of life, we want to die and go to heaven because we think the goal of the Christian life is heaven and we've missed it. The goal is to walk in victory now, to know you now as, as we've never known you before. And so I pray that, that today we would begin to understand what it means to embrace that goal, to walk in that victory, to realize that that's what you came to give us, victory that overcomes this world and that we can receive that as we trust you. And may we at the beginning of this year say, God, we choose to place our faith and trust in you. And we're going to follow you even when it doesn't make sense, and we're gonna be stubborn to follow you even when the world says it's the wrong way. We are going to give ourselves to your word and to prayer and to following, and we're gonna fight in your power and in your strength to experience a victory that's already ours so that we can walk in abundance. 
and come to the end of our days saying, God, thanks for the opportunity you've given me to live life fully. Now we can step into heaven and it's even richer as we rejoice knowing you through experience, even in the hard times. Father, if there's one listening today that's never accepted you as Savior, you've been speaking to them and talking to them, and I pray that you would draw them to yourself today, and they would come to know you as Savior. But most of all, today, as you speak to us through your word, speak to those of us that know you and bring us to that place of victory. In Jesus' name, amen. From everyone at Southcliff Church, thank you for joining us today. If you would like more information about Southcliff Church, please go to southcliff.com to share a testimony of how God has encouraged you through this ministry. Send an email to scpodcast at southcliff.com. That's scpodcast at southcliff.com. Click the Give button on our webpage to discover how this ministry is supported. Your financial gifts help accomplish the mission God has given us.